the Lord. Praise God. Before we go into anything else tonight, I spoke with Zach Dididi this morning, and he's, their family is really, really sick. It's just taken a hold of them, and uh, they need our prayers. We prayed this morning. I felt the Holy Ghost when we did, but he's told me, he said, we just need to keep positive, and I said, yes. So would you join me right now? Let's pray for the Didi family, both of them. They're both very, very sick right now with COVID. God, in the name of Jesus, we know that your word is true. We know that despite any, anything, Lord God, we can believe what you have to say. And Lord, I ask you to touch. Oh, yes, touch this couple right now, Lord God. In fact, I'm believing in the name of Jesus. It's happening right now in the name of Jesus. That, God, that you are touching their bodies, their minds, and their hearts. And, Lord God, especially in the way of encouragement, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Mm. Mm. Yes. And anybody else, Lord God, that is inflicted with this, right now, God, in this, in Gillette, Campbell County, Wyoming, in the Rocky Mountain District, and everywhere that you and I influence, God, in the name of Jesus, touch these people. Strengthen them, Lord God, in that, in Jesus' name, Lord. And I thank you. I do thank you, Lord God, for all that you do. We have hope in you. We have blessed hope in you, in Jesus' name. And God, I take advantage of that in the name of Jesus. Strengthen them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And we do. We claim this by faith, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And God, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for being here and um, thank whoever's online tonight we thank you for being there and we just trust the Lord that whatever we do tonight here first we'll give honor to him second of all we'll give you um, something of encouragement in Jesus name um, uh, just if you if you're interested or not our United Pentecostal Church today had elections and uh, most of them went according to the way they thought they would and that type of thing. Uh, and Brother Bernard was reelected, which I feel very comfortable with that. And I'm not trying to be political, folks. I just thank God for people that can lead um, uh, churches and, and organizations through very, very uh, troublesome time in Jesus' name. In fact, if everything goes okay, um, we're hoping that we'll be able to hear from Brother Bernard Sunday night here at the church. And so um, uh, you think about that. I Not that he'll be here in person. But, um, well, hey, might. you never know. You know, the Lord just does have mirror. But uh, we're hoping to hear from him. I appreciate his messages, and I believe it'll be very, very timely in Jesus' name. Tonight, as we begin the Bible study, I would like you to consider getting your devotional books out. Um, I probably should have did this the first uh, week that we had this. Um, uh, this week, I just had an opportunity to compare the devotional book with my book. I have a book that um, looks like it goes into a little more detail in some areas. Um, but um, I'll be real frank with you. I, I don't know. If, if the rest of the lessons on the devotional look as good as they did this week, I might just put this one on the shelf and just teach from the devotional book. I, and I'm saying that to say that if you've got a devotional book, please start using it. I, I just, and again, I'm not here to try to bring all kinds of, of methods into your life and that type of thing, but um, these lessons that we're covering, um, I think are very, very relevant and very, very um, good for us 
to understand and, and are just absolute, real, real, what I call conversation starters. My goodness, I mean, especially the five that we've dealt with here at the first week. Next, or next week, we'll be going into a, um, um, a new, uh, kind of a new series, and uh, we're going to be going into the New Testament a little bit, so it'll be a little bit different. So if you were looking for a chronological Bible study, this isn't probably going to cover that like that, but it's going to cover all kinds of very relevant um, uh, material. And so I, I just would really, really, really advise you to, 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 to use those. Um, uh, the, the biblical overview, if you've got your, your um, books, you can open up to the, uh, lesson number 1.5, and that uh, first lesson there, or not that first page there, the biblical overview is very, very good, gives you kind of a historical aspect of, um, uh, of the um, Tower of Babel. And um, it's a very uh, significant event and, and, um, and what happened there. We're going to look at the story in the Bible here in just a few minutes. But um, the historical aspect that they give you in this um, uh, devotional book I thought was just very, very, very good. And then the daily devotionals and especially the biblical insight. <clears throat> I think that is important for us to to consider that, you know, what, what type of insight is God trying to help us with? You know, first of all, you know, the mandate went forth, you know, in, in the creation is to replenish the earth, and that means to fill the earth, and, and so it was kind of interesting when you look at that from the Tower of Babel perspective, they were not fulfilling that. They were just trying to build a tower someplace where they could, you know, be their own whatever, you know. And so I think the biblical implications there are very, very timely, especially in today's world. Uh, we might mention it tonight. We're talking about some things like people trying to create a name for themselves. That's kind of the world we live in, isn't it? Everybody kind of wants to be noticed and, and um, in all of that business. And with the avenue of media, um, my goodness, that can happen. You can take somebody who nobody ever knew, you know. Um, and I hope this doesn't sound terrible, but um, just as an example, that young lady who was just killed, that was um, doing some kind of a blog. I just saw it on, I forget what it was, on one of the news things. And um, I've never heard of her. Um, but my goodness, you know, through the aspect of media, the whole country was, you know, was involved in that. And so these are things that our world is all about. And, you know, the thing that you and I as Christians have to be careful is that we don't follow the patterns of the world. Amen. That doesn't mean, and, and, and I, this is my opinion, that doesn't mean that we have to tear down all of the things that are being used. I think what it just means is that you and I have to be extremely careful, praise God. And so you see in your devotionals there, you have day one and day two, day three and day four and day five, which gives you an, um, an opportunity to review the lesson. My wife asked me the question tonight. She says, well, should we read this before or should we read it after the lesson tonight? And I, you know, to be honest with you, I think both are, are okay um, personally. Um, I would read it before because that way when you come to a lesson like this, you might have some input to be able to give. And you might have some insight. God might have talked to you about something that might be important for the rest of us. And so consider that. That's just my um, take on it. Um, uh, one of the, um, the ideas behind this type of a Bible study that's being promoted is not only engagement or people, you know, getting involved in it, but people doing things with it. 
And so I see a day, and I don't want to get anybody nervous here, but I see a day where I could step back, and because of what you have material here, why one of you could step up here on a Wednesday night and very easily teach this Bible study. Wow. I, I believe that. I believe that you could. I believe we have people in this room right here that if you were given not only the chance, but had a little bit more confidence, I believe you could become teachers, teachers of God's word. And so consider that. You know, I think that's very important, even for a church of this size, for people to get involved. Amen. Can at least two people say amen? amen. Okay, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be a <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, and I really hesitated to say that tonight because I knew how nervous that some people get. But it's the truth. I believe that some of you have a good take on God's word. And so consider that. And the way this is laid out, it's just absolutely easy. It would be very, very, very easy. And then the last page there in your, in your devotionals, it has a participant's guide. And it kind of sums it up kind of sums up what's going on and what, 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 how are we supposed to look at this and, and what should be our take on it and that type of thing. And then you see down there, how many of you got your books open to page number 47? Look down there at the bottom of the page. Very, 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 what I call conversation starters. Questions. Yeah. Why do some people get caught up in the pursuit of making a name for themselves? Those are very, very open-ended questions that you can ask people, especially the, as, as ripe as people are to comment about everything. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, people don't keep anything to themselves anymore. Well, again, if the right question was asked, why do you think that is? Why do you think people are that way? Well, you can, you know, hopefully end up in a biblical perspective and say, well, listen, this is stuff that's been going on for a long time. Amen. And so, you know, hopefully, I, and again, I, I, I thought I would spend the first five minutes, maybe eight minutes tonight on this and try to stir you up, praise God, in Jesus' name. Maybe some of you are already doing it. I don't know. I didn't, this was not meant to be critical. It's meant to just point it out. I think it's an excellent, excellent book. I think it, it can lend itself to a lot of help in, in, in our, our life and that type of thing. And so, please, if you, if you think about it this week, why don't you engage yourself in that devotional and just see what the Lord might be talking to you about in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight, again, I, I, will, I will launch into the Bible study. This is the fifth um, uh, Bible study in, in that we've been talking about. The first one talked about creation, if you remember that. We talked about the second one in God's redemptive plan because of the fall. God had to judge them. Amen. It's been appointed on demand once to die and then the judgment, okay? The scripture talks about that. But God always makes a way for people to escape. And the very next lesson, or not the next lesson, but, but two lessons later, we talked about that, praise God. But the third one, we talked about offering our best. Remember the difference between Cain and Abel? Yeah, it's still very prevalent in the world you and I live in today. Amen. I mean, I don't know about you, but as a human being, as flesh, there's times when I don't quite want to give my best. Slack off, and maybe we'll just do what, what, get, what we get by in. Does anybody have that type of uh, temptation in your life? Sure we do. And what's the antidote? Well, the antidote is, is that we have to overcome that. 
We have to recognize it first, and then we have to overcome it. And then last week we talked about being obedient to God's word. I imagine the eight souls that were on that ark were awful glad that dad listened to God. Yeah, might have been a lot of hard work, you know, and all that kind of business, but man alive, I'm telling you, probably about a week into that flood, oh, my goodness, folks, there wasn't too many other folks around. And again, I think sometimes we look at a judgment like that, and it just overwhelms us, you know. But my relationship with God, and I hope yours is growing in this way too, has reached a place where I trust God. I trust because I don't have all the facts, which we don't. You know, you got to understand, you know, that for those first few lessons there are talking very much, you know, there's just not a whole lot of information there. But that's why we need to trust God. And I believe in my whole heart that if God has to do something like that, especially to that extent, things must have been horrible. That's all I can say. And I'm not being the judge or the critic. I'm just saying, I, I know my God. And I know my God would create every opportunity for anybody to be saved. And that's why I'm telling you, he put that ark on display. And by the time, you know, the rafters got put on that thing and that boat, the bottom of that boat was being built, I believe the vast majority of the world knew about this. Amen. But then you have the reaction to it. And that's why I believe it's very, very type and shadow of today. The gospel message is not being hid from anybody. That is being preached all over the place. Amen. But it's the people's, and you know, and yours and mine too, our reaction to it. How do we react to God's word? And boy, that's always going to play the difference. Tonight we're going to talk about the, the Tower of Babel, which is another one of those stories that we just don't have all the facts for. But we have some information, praise God. How many has ever heard of a man named Nimrod? Mentioned a few times in scripture, but not very often. He was um, a product of Ham. You remember when um, uh, Noah and his three sons got off the boat? There were three sons. Does anybody know what their names were? Yes, you get a gold star in Jesus' name. Well, look at here tonight. We have somebody who is with us again. Thank you for coming. Praise God. Amen. We appreciate you being here. Appreciate you coming. Amen. Yes. And so Nimrod was, was, a, was a, a product of, of Ham. Praise God. And it doesn't say much about him, but uh, history tells us that he became very influential. And, and people like that. And you must understand, you know, with the, um, uh, with, with after Cain and Abel, there were two major influences in the world. See, the Bible says God didn't strike Cain down after he made that mistake, even after he killed his brother. The Bible said, but he sent him away. And Cain really literally went out there, and you can study it yourself, he went out and built a city. He went out and accomplished all kinds of great things. The only problem was, he didn't have God involved. And so you had a world that was being influenced without God. And man, that's what we've got today. It's always been that way, you know. But God said, no, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep on keeping on. And so Seth was born. And you had, in the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, you have the Seth line or the, or the Adamic line. And I believe that they were influencing the world. Amen. And that's one of the reasons it got so bad is because the influence of Cain must have been so bad that God said, I've got to destroy this thing and we've got we to get down to a level playing field here. Amen. 
But again, you know, because human history and people are people and that type of thing, you know, it didn't take long. And that's what we're going to learn tonight or we're going to look at tonight. It didn't take long, did it? Amen. And then this is the thing that really, really amazes me, praise God, that it didn't take that long before they started to build a system. Amen. And in our world today, that is a very, very prevalent thought. Amen. A lot of people believe in a God or some form of God, but they want that God to stand at arm's length. Amen. They want that God to, you leave me alone and let me live life the way I feel like it should be. And that's basically, that's a lot of the spirit that we're, we're feeling, and a lot of us battle with that, don't we? Amen. There's times when we just like to say, God, I don't want to get convicted about that. I just want to keep on doing it. Now, come on, if you're honest, you'd say amen. But I thank God that he doesn't quit, that he keeps convicting us, praise God. And he'll keep bringing these things up so that not only can we confess our faults to him, but we can begin to forsake our faults. And we can begin to take up an occupation that's called being godly and righteous in God's eyes. Now, come on, that shouldn't give us too big of a hat size, but that's going to make you and I an influencer in this world in Jesus' name. Why don't you lift up your hands right now and let the Lord give you some some kind of understanding to what I just got done saying. Come on, I believe God wants to help us not only to worship Him, but to be an influencer around people in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, God. That's right. I thank God for these people who have come. They want to give their lives to you, God, and I think that's important. And so help us to learn some valuable lessons from this Tower of Babel in Jesus' name. And God, I believe that you can help us you can help us to do that right here tonight in the next probably 35 minutes. In Jesus' name, you can have a profound influence upon our lives. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let me ask you a question here. I'm going to ask you a question and give you, uh, maybe get a couple of comments here. But are, and, 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 and I know it's kind of a yes and no question, but are all forms of pride wrong? What do you think over here? That's a good, that's a good answer. He says no. How about here? You guys, what do you think? Is all forms of pride wrong? <laughs> now you're afraid, aren't you? Come on, folks, we're not going to be graded on the curve here. You just, what do you think? Carla, what did you think? Ooh, I called on you, didn't I? Boy, we're getting, getting the opinion poll here. We got a no over here in the cheap seats. We got a no over here in the main section. And how about over here in this cheap seat? How about, what do you, what do you think? What do you think, Jackie? No, lady behind you. <laughs> what do you think? Sure. 
I think these are great answers. And you want, if you want my answer, I really don't know. I think it's, I, I think it's one of those things where um, that, that, that we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to control pride. And because pride can just get out of control in such a hurry. I, I look at pride kind of like anger, you know. All anger is not bad. I think sometimes anger can be the motivator to get some things done. But if it's put out of control, woo. And so this is why we have to be careful. I think a lot of what we see in the world is we see pride just literally out of control. And that's why Jesus stipulated the fact that seek ye the kingdom of God, you know. And so this is what God helps us to understand is that you and I, the, the only reason that we would ever not let pride get out of control is because of the control that God has on our life. And so that's just that's my take on it. But it's interesting, you know, because I do agree there are some forms of pride that, wow, you know, a person needs to have a little bit of esteem in, in what they do and, and that type of thing. So, yeah, I, I think it, uh, it can do that in, in, in Jesus' name. But let's look at the lesson here. Number one, those who built the Tower of Babel were filled with pride. And it was pride that really took them away from God. And so you and I, we must be very, very, very careful about that one, praise God. Because let's look at the Bible here. Look at Gen... I have a red light. Stop. I think I might even have some in here. <laughs> Look at that. Spares. Well. changing of batteries that you've ever seen in your life, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, we're talking about when they built the Tower of Babel, they were filled with pride. Okay, let's go to the story, okay? Can we do that? Look at Genesis chapter number 11, and let's get this on the screen, and let's look at this, because the Bible does give us some information here. We understand that this was after the flood. We understand that the world was becoming more populated at this time, and, and because of the flood, God had put in certain stipulations, and he had allowed some things to happen, and so on and so forth. And so I don't know what kind of a time lapse this is. I don't know. I don't know how many years from the flood of Noah until this time. I have no idea because the Bible doesn't give me that, okay? But look at this. The scripture says and gives us this information. Look at Genesis 11 and 1. It says, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. So we know that everybody talked the same, okay? And then it says, and it came to pass as they journeyed from, uh, from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there, okay? And then the scripture says, and they said one to another in verse number three, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. Now, in your um, devotional books, it goes into a little bit of the historical aspect of that. And I thought that was pretty interesting. I won't bring it up now, but you read that for yourself. I thought it was interesting where they, what, what they were doing there. And then in verse number four, and they said, go to, let us build us, let us, build us a city and a tower whose top 
may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now, I don't know why they were fearful of that. I don't. All I can tell you is what I'm reading here. But all of a sudden, somebody else or somebody, somebody very influential got an idea and said, we need to do something here so that we can prevent something from happening. Now, the first thing I want you to recognize here in, in verse number four is that I don't see God anywhere around. I don't see anybody saying, you know, maybe we ought to have a prayer meeting and maybe we ought to, you know, fast a little bit and that type of thing and maybe we ought to get God's opinion on this. I'm just laying out a very, very elementary principle here, but this is where it starts, in my opinion. And that's why you can say there might be some forms of pride that really aren't bad, but I think that they can go bad in a hurry when we do not insert God in the picture. And right here in this, in this story, right here in the 11th chapter of the book of Genesis, it doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. That, hey, this, I don't see God in here. I see that mankind has taken it upon themselves that they're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. And wow, you know, this is when all kinds of things can get off kilter. And so I think it's, it's very important for us to consider this. Another thing I think it's important to do is are there areas of our life right now that we're maybe trying to take on a project without God? Now, again, I'm just, I'm just pointing, I'm pointing it out, praise God. And I think we have to be extremely careful in that area. Because, boy, I mean, to tell you, pride can take over in a hurry. And pretty soon what we think was God or what we assume is God might not be, and it might be just us. And so we have to be extremely careful. So, you know, we need to look at this, and that's one of the reasons I'm slowing down with this right now, is that the fact of the matter is, is that they were, they were doing this, praise God. Now, in verse number five, we see the Lord come on. And this is so classic, because we'll do this a lot. You know, so we'll come up with our own ideas, and we'll come up with our own ways of doing things. And then we want God to come. And we want him to stamp his little approval on everything and so on and so forth. I don't think this is directly the case here. But this is really the pattern of mankind a lot of times, even in in the so-called Christian world. People will come up with their own little version of how they want to do things, and then they want God to come. And then if God doesn't answer them, because sometimes he won't, amen, then they'll just say, well, you know, this is a good idea anyway. And so consider that. Oh, I I can get one better. God, if this isn't the right thing to do, the sun won't come up tomorrow morning. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we can can do lots of that kind of stuff, and I know those are over-exaggerations. But you'd be surprised what pride and the seeds that pride will sow into the human mind. And that's why we have to be extremely careful. Amen. And so the Lord came down in verse number 5, and the Bible says to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. So he's observing this. And here's what I want you to see. Look at in verse number 6. The Bible says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. God is seeing unification. He's seeing unified. 
And I think it's, it's, it's something for us to note, praise God. And it says, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Think about that. This is God talking about mankind. This is, again, one of those areas that you and I must come to terms with, praise God. I forget what I was doing last night, but the idea, um, uh, maybe it was a Bible study that I was looking at or something like that, but the man brought up the fact that, you know, um, the, the, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? And then if you study that out in the 17th chapter of the book of Jeremiah, you're going to find the only one that really can figure this all out is God. But, you know, the point is valid here. You know, mankind can accomplish a lot of things. And I think that is to be noted in Jesus' name. Praise God. So think about that. So they built the Tower of Babel, and they were filled with pride. Praise God. Sister Carnahan, I think this would be a good place to go ahead and play that video. Do you have it loaded up? Okay. You know, the attitude and the, the spirit that was prevalent at the building of the Tower of Babel is, can be seen clearly in, even in our world today. I was just thinking that that whole scene of these people that really one language, one speech at the time, and they all come together in the land, Shinar area, and they decide, let's build us a tower. Let's build this tower that reaches to the heavens. And then they made that statement. Let's make us a name let's make a name for ourselves you know we we build platforms because we need to elevate people you go to a church and there's probably going to be a platform and it's because the people that are on the platform need to be elevated so those in the audience can clearly see them you go to a play you uh, a concert that the, the people that are the focal point are going to be on a platform because it elevates them so when they were saying we want to make a name for ourselves, I guess they were kind of saying they're wanting to elevate themselves. And if I were to, how does that look? What does that look like in our society? You know, probably the closest thing that mirrors that in a way uh, that we're all touched by and familiar with is social media. I mean, think of the wordings, the, the wording, the phrases that we use or people use when they talk about social media. They talk about building a platform. They talk about building followers. It's all about elevating. It's all about raising somebody's profile, raising your own profile. It's all about being seen and being heard. And of course we want to use social media and it can be used in a righteous way, a good way, but we need to be elevating the right message and elevating Jesus Christ as believers. Find it interesting that they said, Tower of Babel, I want to, let's make a name for ourselves. And it was that desire to make a name for themselves, really, that caused God to step in and scatter them, scramble the languages. God brought them down, humiliated, brought low those who were trying to elevate themselves. And it's so ironic that the very next chapter, Genesis 12, God calls Abraham. And in verse 2 of Genesis 12,
God says, Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. Just the very same, very thing that, that he had condemned those at the Tower of Babel a chapter before. But here's the difference. See, God only chooses to elevate and make great those who first prioritize making his name great. That ought to be our desire, and that ought to be what we fight against in this day and age, fighting against the spirit of Babel who wants to, oh, let's make a name for ourselves. Let's elevate ourselves. Let's build for ourselves. When we really need to take the attitude of Abraham, who lived just one chapter later, God, I want to make your name great. And in doing that, God often chooses to elevate and lift people up because they're pointing to the right person. So let's fight that spirit of Babel in our day and age, and let's be examples of making his name great. Wow, what a thought, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was said, it says that the Tower of Babel was an early attempt at a secular religion. It says, it says one that parrots true faith but substitutes the rule of God for the rule of man. That's basically what religion will do. Religion, a lot of times, will substitute the rule of God for the rule of man, which is why a lot of times you have a lot of man-made rules. And so, you know, we have to be careful with that sometimes with our approach to the Lord, praise God. And we must take his commandments and his word very, very seriously, praise God, because these are really the only commands that God gives to us. That was one of the complaints that Jesus had about the Pharisees. You know, he said, you're loading people down with burdens that you can't even bear yourself. And so, again, we have to be careful, praise God. And so the Tower of Babel was an early attempt to bring this in. Usually when you have somebody who's a great influencer, if he's not controlled by the Spirit of God, he's going to become a very powerful person. Amen. And so we see that a lot in our society. And so we have to check that out. Let me ask this question again here, or this, uh, this question here. is: what ways do you see the Spirit of Babel in our world today? Which ways, how do you see the spirit of Babel or that, what he's talking about, how do you see that in our world today? What do you think? Take God out of the equation, it's easy. You've got to 
Interesting. Yes. One other comment. Somebody else. Do you see did it? Wanda, what do you see in your in your travels? Yeah. Well, and I think the two that are mentioned here being the entertainment industry and the educational industry, wow, that covers a lot of territory, doesn't it? It really does. Sister Carnahan? Wow. Boy, this is, this is good dialogue. And I mean, again, not without becoming too condescending on the world, I think, like you said, all of this is very, very true. It's right before our eyes. We can't deny this. I guess, and, and, and before we move on here, let me just put this plug in. That's why you are so important. That's why God allowing a light to shine through you is so very, very important. It's because that's what this world needs to see. They need to see sincere people, not imperfect people, or not perfect people, but people who are sincere in allowing God to be the ruler of our lives, and then, along with that, to see the results of that in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Why don't you lift your hands and thank God for that rule in your life right now? Can you do that? <clears throat> Lord, you are so good. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let me move on from this thought, but I think it's very evident that pride was at the, was at the root of what was happening in, in the Tower of Babel. I think all of us would agree with that, and I think it would be a good thing for us to, to on a regular basis, check that type of thing in our life, that we're not allowing our pride to supersede the will of God. And so these are areas that we just have to constantly, constantly, constantly do. And with the help of the Lord, that will happen. Because point number two is that pride will destroy a relationship with God. And let's not forget the very first lesson, creation. Why did God create things? He wanted to have a relationship with mankind. 
And so this is what makes that so valuable, and that's what, you know, uh, you know, helps us to understand that when we allow pride that is not controlled by God to come into the picture, my goodness, we can have all kinds of things that will happen in Jesus' name. Uh, Sister Carnahan, would you put Proverbs chapter number 16 up on the screen? And let's just touch on this just for, just for a quick second here. Proverbs chapter number 16 and verse number 18. Scripture says there, it says, uh, verse 18, it says, Pride goeth before destruction. And it says, And an haughty spirit before a fall. And then look at verse 19. It says, Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. And so one of the things that God will, will consistently promote in our lives is the fact that we need to humble you know, we talked about this on Sunday morning a little bit. Remember Philippians chapter 2? Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. Why is that? Because Jesus gave us one of the greatest examples of when he, was found, when he found himself in the flesh, that he needed to humble himself and become a servant and, and to do all of those things. And so God, help us to do that, praise God. Because I'm going to tell you right now, pride will oppose God. It just will. Let me read this. It says, we all have experienced, it says, opposition in many forms, ranging from mild resistance, for instance, a car full of people disagreeing over where to go out to dinner. You ever done that? I want pizza. And boy, there's somebody that's died in a wool that they want barbecued beef, you know. But the bottom line is we, we, we experience that, you know. But there are more powerful forms of resistance. Listen to this. You probably remember what it was like to have a parent resist what you were trying to do. Amen. You ever have that saying in your house? Well, I don't care what they're doing down the street. As far as this house is concerned. Come on, can you, can you remember that? That's a form of opposition. That's a form of opposing you. And for on the most part, that was good. That's what we needed. Praise God, and thank God for that kind of opposition in our lives, praise God. Because of our parents, you know, they were simply too strong, and they had too much control over the situations or the circumstances for us to carry on for long without caving in. But take this to another level. Now think about this. Imagine being, uh, um, you know, opposed by saying an angel or a demon. Let me give you some, some seed here. If you want to read a good story, anybody here want to read a good story? Okay, write this down. Book of Numbers. Guy's name was Balaam. Scripture talks about this in the book of Jude, about the heir of Balaam. And if you'll read the 22nd, the 23rd, and the 24th chapters of the book of Numbers, you'll get a good, good, good indication. Remember the story of Balaam when he climbed on his donkey? And the donkey seemed to have a little more sense than he did, didn't it? Yeah. What's well, classic, folks? Well, there's, there's an example of opposition. There was an angel, and the Bible says that angel had a sword in his hand. And he was fixing to use that sword. And so the mercy of God came onto the scene and allowed that donkey to talk. Yeah, wouldn't it be, so, wouldn't it be easy to do that? But you want to know what the bottom line is, praise God? is that we never want to get to a place where we're opposing God. 
And that's why, I, in my opinion, a lesson like this, and I'm deliberately slowing down, is so important. It's because we need to understand, praise God, that I never want to get myself to a place where I'm opposing God. But I know I have. And I have felt the opposition of the Lord. I have felt the check of God in our life. I felt the conviction of God. All of these things, praise God, God will bring on to the scene. And you know, you and I, we need to be very, very thankful for that in Jesus' name. Let me show you something here. Turn to the book of James. I'm going to have you put James chapter number 4 on the screen. And let me show you something here. James chapter 4. And actually the entire chapter is a tremendous, tremendous in my opinion, template for what we're talking about today. You know, James starts off in chapter number four, and he says, where do all of these wars and these fightings come from? We like to blame all kinds of things and situations and stuff like that, but the bottom line is James kind of calls a spade a, fa- a spade, and he said, it's because of our lust. It's because of our will. It's because of what we think. And so you and I as Christians we got to consider this every day of our lives. You know, for instance, when you go to work tomorrow morning, are you going to bring peace into the situation or are you going to bring conflict into the situation? I think that's a good question to ask ourselves. And I think we have to be honest about it, praise God. And then he goes on to say, he said, one of the reasons you don't receive from God is because you don't know how to use it yet. And so we have to be careful with that. But look at this. Look at what God does for us despite of our condition. And here's what I want to give you hope. Look at James chapter number 4 and verse number 6. But the Bible says there, it says, But he giveth more grace. Thank God. It says, Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud. And that's the opposition we're going to feel sometimes. But giveth grace unto the humble. That might change your, change your answer is that, is all form of pride not so good? Ah, think about that. If you read this verse, it's kind of leaning towards that's wrong. Well, why don't we consider that in our life? Praise God. Because God wants to, to help us in these areas. And he understands that pride is, a, is an issue in our life. But the Bible says, but he gives more grace to the humble. There's the solution. And I understand sometimes it's not an easy solution. I understand that because I'm human just like you are. But we know that this is what God wants to do. If we want God's help, if we want God to help us to get through things, you and I have to face the music, praise God. Instead of becoming prideful about it, we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And, you know, just for a quick second here, that's what we talked about Sunday morning. Remember that second chapter of the book of Philippians? That's exactly what Jesus did. That's what he showed us, praise God. And I'm going to tell you something. I understand that this is not an easy equation, but it's one that's doable because God gives us help. Look at what it says there. It says it gives us the, 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 form, the, the formula for it. The Bible says in verse number 7, Humble yourselves, it says, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh unto you, in verse number 8. Cleanse your hands, 
ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. And then in verse number 10, it culminates this thought by saying, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Jesus taught that. He said, whoever will abase themselves or humble themselves, God is going to lift up. But the opposite is the truth too, that if we lift ourselves up, oh my goodness, then God has only one choice. And so we must consider these things. And again, this is kind of the seedbed that was at the Tower of Babel. This is what they were doing, is that they were involved in a project, praise God, that was never going to have God involved in it. And so literally, let me just put it to you this way. They were carrying bricks to a city or to a building that was never, ever going to be completed. Never. It was never, ever going to be able to be completed. And, you know, this is one of the disappointments that I see sometimes, not only in my own life, but in other people's lives, is that we're trying to build stuff. We're trying to get things established, but sometimes we're literally doing that. We're just building. We're bringing bricks to a situation where that will never, ever, ever be completed. And I'm going to tell you something. God wants to help us in this realm. God wants to put real purpose in our life. God wants to help us to, to understand, praise God, that we can get involved in something. We can be involved in something that will bring true happiness and peace in the name of Jesus. And with the help of the Lord, praise God, I'm going to tell you something. I believe that this can be accomplished in Jesus' name. Why don't you lift up your hands right now? And let's ask the Lord to help us examine our lives right now. Come on, the Tower of Babel was written, praise God, so that you and I could have a tremendous example, tremendous example that we could see. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us all, Lord. We're all in the same boat. All of us have this issue in our lives that we have to deal with. And God, I thank you for helping us. I thank you for giving us strength and power through the Holy Ghost, Lord God, that we can deal with this thing. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me just leave you with this thought tonight. You know, we talked about the Tower of Babel. We talked about pride. We talked about some of the issues that go with that. And, you know, obviously this is a very, very, very important subject because this can really set the tone in our lives. But look at something here. I want to leave you with this. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And I, I don't, I, I, we don't have time to read all of the content here. But I want you to see something here. And this is the hope that God gives us. I'm going to start in verse number 10. And I would, I would just encourage you to read the entire chapter again. There's just a good thought. Just a good thought in the whole thing. But in verse number 10, the, the, the writer, the Apostle Paul is saying something. He says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the, uh, destroyed of the destroyer. He's giving examples of Old Testament things is what he's doing here. Okay, and then he says in verse number 11, it says, Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now think about that. 
And then it says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. Oh, wow. It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But I like these next, these next four words. But God is faithful. Can you say that with me? But God is faithful. Never ever forget that, praise God. What's he faithful about? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. That's why there is no good pride. That's why. Because we all have this idea that we can do it better, we're stronger, we just think that we can handle it, praise God. And God already understands who we are. That's why no matter what you've done in life, no matter how bad you've been, if you will humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, you won't find some resisting power that will come and oppose you. I believe that almost immediately you will find some help from heaven, praise God, that will come into your life and begin to help you, praise God, not only to get through it, praise God, but to learn the valuable lesson and to get through the things that God wants you to get through in Jesus' name. Come on, folks, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to go through a lot of things that we go through. If we'll just follow the plan of God, if we'll just realize he's faithful, and if we all the time will be faithful in humbling ourselves under his mighty hand, I believe the solutions are there every time we need them in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me tonight? Thank you so much. I, I hope that uh, I've gotten the valid point across, and I, and I do hope that you will take Take these devotionals and you will use them because these lessons, in my opinion, are very, very relevant and very timely, praise God. And I believe the Lord wants to help you in the name of Jesus in these areas in Jesus' name, praise God. Let's lift up our hands and let's ask the Lord to help us. In fact, why don't we just ask him to forgive us right now? There's not one of us in this room that we haven't been tempted by pride and thinking that we're better and all that kind of business. Come on, let's just be honest with him right now. Let's call out to him. Let's rest assured, praise God, that he's our savior. He's our God. He's the one that can help us in all of these areas in Jesus' name. And God, by the power of your Holy Ghost, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of forgiveness, Lord God, you're going to help us not only to be forgiven, but you're going to help us to forsake. You're going to help us to walk away from things that have been plaguing us for too many years in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, I give you the praise and I give you the glory in advance, Lord, for what you're doing in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lift up the Lord. Let's give him praise. I know you're tired, but let's give him praise one last time. Mm, hallelujah.